This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hot Fed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and we are going to go the entire way across the NHL, as we always do here at the Hockey Hot Fed, with a really good show for you guys today. We're going to start off with a coast-to-coast segment, a couple small storylines across the NHL, including the New Jersey Devils getting a new jersey, and also talk a little bit about you know the Arizona Coyotes. And then we're going to close things off in the show with a nice little deep dive into the number one team in the Western Conference, the Calgary Flames. We're going to talk about their hot start, no pun intended, and the fact that they are just absolutely rolling to start the season. But like I mentioned, I want to start off with a coast-to-coast segment here at the Hockey Hotbed and start off on the East Coast with the New Jersey Devils unveiling their new alternates, which, not going to lie, I really like these. I think they're a little bit different. At the same time, it has a classic feel there. And if you watched on, I believe it was only on ESPN Plus, or, or it might have been on some Devil's social sites as well, Martin Brodeur had a lot of input into this jersey. So you have the legend with his say in this. You have a black jersey with white striping horizontally on the shoulders and also down onto the sleeves as well. And the middle chest piece simply just reads Jersey in script. And I I honestly, I really do like it. I like the fact that they made sure to input some red there in the middle chest piece. They inputted some red in the numbering and in the names. So I, for one, really like these jerseys. I know some New Jersey Devils fans are not a fan of this, but at the same time, I look at this, and it's it's something that's finally different. Even their reverse retros last year, yeah, it was the Christmas retros and the, and the Christmas jerseys with the green and the red, and it's a little bit different. But this is something that, to me, just takes another step away from those iconic New Jersey Devils jerseys, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think the way that this jersey looks fits with their entire kit, which is something that if you tuned in on Monday night to my watch-along on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel, we're going to start calling these kits now. It's no longer uniforms. They're kits. So I I think this third alternate jersey is going to fit really well in the New Jersey Devils kit, and I'm excited to see it on the ice. Now, them as a team have had had a little bit of a rough go to start the year. Obviously, losing Jack Hughes is huge. Uh, hoping that he can get back soon. And right now they're sitting in second to last place in the Metropolitan Division. But at the same time, they have a winning record. They're 8-5-3. and three. Not horrendous to start the season for the New Jersey Devils. They have been a much better home team, though, 5-3-1. and one. And realistically, they're right about where you expect them to be without their star player. 48 goals for, 49 goals against. So they're they're staying afloat. Without, in my opinion, their best player, I think in many people's opinion, their best player. So adding this third jersey, I think, is a nice time. Cool to see that Martin Broder had input. He said that he wanted to do a, 
do like goaltending mesh, like twine as the as the the tying, you know, as the laces on the top around the neck piece. And they told him that they're not quite allowed to do that. So they're going to stick with something a little bit more classic looking like the uh, the skate laces. But I like it. I, I think it's a nice little combination of old and new for the New Jersey Devils. And I'm excited to see it on the ice. I think it's going to look really good. Moving on to another team here. Let's move into the Western Conference and talk a little bit about the worst team in the Central Division. That is the Arizona Coyotes. It has not been a good start. It's honestly been a historically bad start for the Arizona Coyotes, who are in their first season since moving over to the NHL's Central Division. They currently sit in dead last place with a record of 4-13-2. That all, of course, coming in their final season at their current arena at Gila River Arena down there in Arizona. There's a little bit of uncertainty for their future, but you have to imagine that the Arizona Coyotes are going to stay in Arizona. I mean, Gary Bettman has gone to bat for this team on several occasions. He's not going to stop now, especially right after this rebrand going full Kachina for the Arizona Coyotes. So if you're a Coyotes fan and you are worried, I don't think you should be. I think they're going to be fine. Hockey belongs in the desert. I think it is a great, you know, it's a great market that the NHL is still trying to break its way into, but you've already seen a little bit of advantages with, obviously, the Arizona State Sun Devils hockey program is starting to take off, and you're just hoping that they can build upon that and hopefully get a brand new arena in Tempe, Arizona, where they can move over and just find a personal home similar to what the New York Islanders were able to do at UBS Arena this year, but... There is some good news for the Arizona Coyotes. They're currently riding a two-game win streak as they won a couple of games over the weekend. Nice to see the Coyotes get on the right side of things there. Obviously, a overtime win on Saturday against the new, uh, sorry, the Detroit Red Wings, and another overtime win against the LA Kings on the road on Sunday evening. So back-to-back wins and back-to-back days for the Arizona Coyotes. That matches their honestly season total as now they have four wins on the year but with all the news coming out about Quebec City they want a team back they want the Nordiques back I don't think it's going to happen you know obviously the NHL just adding the Seattle Kraken is the 32nd team this season I don't it would be stupid to try to add another expansion team I mean You did one four years ago with Vegas. Now you have Seattle this season. It would be stupid to add another team. So then the question becomes, who do you relocate? Because that's going to be the only way you get the Quebec Nordiques back into the NHL. And the only real answer, I mean, you look across the league, there's no real answer other than Arizona. That's the only team that stands out. And I, like I said, I don't see Arizona moving. I, I think Gary Bettman is sold on trying to have Hockey in the desert, trying to have hockey in Arizona. It has basically been his his magnum opus. I mean, the one of the biggest marks that he's tried to leave on the NHL. So I don't think he's going to get rid of the Arizona Coyotes, which means I also don't think that the Quebec Nordiques are coming back. I know a lot of people have seen chatter. A lot of people have been talking about it because of you know local officials saying they dump some of their own money into it. There's a couple of groups saying you know they want the Quebec Nordiques back. Listen, I wasn't. At least I don't remember being alive for any Quebec Nordiques hockey. They've been the Colorado Avalanche for as long as I can remember. I don't think they're coming back. Would it be nostalgic? Sure. 
But at the same time, I think what the NHL is set right now at 32 teams, 16 in each conference, 8 in each division, they don't get an expansion team, and I don't see any team right now open for relocation. So, hate to rain on the parade of everybody up in Quebec that want the Nordiques back, but I, I, I don't see it happening. I, and I don't think that Arizona is a real answer there. And for the Coyotes, I mean, good for them. A couple wins in a row over the weekend. One last thing I do want to mention before I head to my first break here, the New York Islanders. I talked about it on Friday's episode. Opening up UBS Arena, they finally have a home. What do they do in the opening weekend but lose both games? They lose 5-2 to two in their opener to the Calgary Flames, who I will talk about. I mean, no shame in losing to that team because that team has been on fire. Again, I need to stop with that pun. But... uh They also lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who, albeit losing a game on Saturday night in Toronto, the Maple Leafs have been a really good team. So again, no shame in that either. The Islanders ran into two really good teams, just weren't able to get the job done. I know fans on Long Island are going to be upset that John Tavares got a win at UBS Arena before the Islanders did. And honestly, Toronto is letting them hear it. And that's fair, because the Islanders let Toronto hear it whenever they got further in the postseason, the year that Tavares went over to the Maple Leafs. And realistically every year since, but, you know, the Islanders still looking for that first win at UBS. They who do have two more games on this homestand. Wouldn't it be apropos if they were able to do it against the Rangers on Wednesday night? 7.30 game playing on ESPN Plus, Islanders, Rangers. If you're able to get your first win against the Rangers, that would be, honestly, it's a little bit more poetic than saying, oh, we beat the Calgary Flames or, oh, we beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, Look for them to possibly get their first win at UBS Arena against the New York Rangers on Wednesday. If not, they have another shot on Friday night, Black Friday here in the United States, as they take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. So two more games in this homestand. You would have to think that eventually, you you don't want to go an entire first homestand, especially after that road trip that you did to start the season. You don't want to have that four-game homestand and not get a win. That wouldn't be good. The only player to score... For the Islanders so far is Brock Nelson. He had both goals in Saturday against the Flames. And then, of course, getting shut out on Sunday. Not a great start in the new digs for the New York Islanders. But I'm going to take a quick break when I return. We're discussing the Calgary Flames. Holy hell, are they really, really good to start the season. We'll be right back. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in a net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN when you visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. Once again, that is promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I want to finish off this show by talking about the, honestly, definitely the hottest team right now in the NHL. Probably when I do my next power rankings, they're going to be first or second because this team is firing on all cylinders on every corner of the ice in every aspect of the game. They're one of the top in the league right now in basically everything. And that is the Calgary Flames. Right now, they sit atop the Pacific Division. Yes, above the Edmonton Oilers, who have had a really good start to the season as well. And they sit atop the entire Western Conference right now. Something that they were there. Uh, wow, English. Something that they were able to do a couple years back, but not capitalize in the playoffs. And then the last couple of years, you said, okay, the Flames, that was their peak. They're starting to steadily decline, but it seems like they've been able to recapture some of that energy here to start off the 2021 22 regular season. And right now, they're two points behind teams like the Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers for being the best team in the NHL when it comes to points so far this season. But they are for sure the best team in the Western Conference right now and so far this entire season. Mainly on the backs of, I mean, this whole team has performed extremely well. But if you're looking for standouts, Andrew Mangiapane and Jacob Markstrom have been otherworldly for this team so far. Mangiapane, obviously three more goals over this past weekend bringing his total to 15 on the season. His career high, which he set last season, was 18 goals. He is three off of that, and we're not even to American Thanksgiving. It is November 23rd. He has 15 goals already on the season. So needless to say, he's going to be breaking his previous record. And that 15 goals, by the way, is tied for second in the NHL with Alex Ovechkin. Only three behind... Leon Dreisaitl for the NHL leading goals. So really good start for Andrew Mangiapane. Did anybody see that coming? I mean, we knew he was going to have a good year. He had a good season last year, 18 goals. I don't think anybody expected him to go out and pot 15 this quickly. Now in total points, he's not, you know, only has 17 total points because he only has two assists with those 15 goals. But he is the, he's the goal scorer. He's the trigger man. In Calgary, one of the the many that they're able to have. Jacob Markstrom, on the other hand, has just been otherworldly in net. The Flames signed him to a six-year deal prior to last season. And, you know, last year wasn't a great year for him. I mean, they burned one year of that. And it wasn't good. They didn't even make the postseason. They were playing meaningless games against the Vancouver Canucks during the postseason, but still technically playing regular season games. It wasn't a great year for Calgary last year. But this year, 
Jacob Markstrom has come out with a vengeance. This is the Markstrom that we saw for the Vancouver Canucks back in the bubble. This is the Jacob Markstrom that we saw prior to the bubble that was playing extremely well, but one that earned that six-year contract. He has five shutouts on the season already. There are some goaltenders that don't even have five wins this year. There are some NHL teams. I mean, we just talked about in the first segment. The Arizona Coyotes have four wins this year. Jacob Markstrom has five shutouts. As if that wasn't ridiculous enough, he is second in the NHL in both goals allowed average and save percentage. He has a 1.71 goals allowed average and a 942 save percentage. It also helps that Dan Vladar has been pretty good behind him. Has two shutouts in his own right, so the Flames altogether have seven shutouts thus far onto the season. That's sort of ridiculous when you think about it. But Jacob Markstrom for sure has been exactly what the Flames have needed him to be, exactly what the Flames paid him to be. And right now, their general manager, Brad Living, is he's smiling like a butcher's dog. He's happy watching his goaltender, watching that deal pay off right in front of his eyes in year two. Now, are Mangiapane and Markstrom the only players that are performing? No, because you can't be this good with only two players playing as well as they are, even if one of them is the goaltender. Elias Lindholm, Johnny Gaudreau, and Matthew Kachuk are all having really good seasons to start. Elias Lindholm, listen, I don't take plus minus into account very often. Unless you are ridiculously either high on the plus side or low on the minus side. But Elias Lindholm is leading the NHL right now in plus minus with a plus 18. Johnny Gaudreau is fourth right now with plus 14. So that's when I start to take it, at least with a grain of salt, taking it into account with the rest of the team's performance. Matthew Kachuk, once again, I mean, he's having a good season. Proving that he's worth the money, proving that he is, you know, one of the stars of this team. Even though he is probably the most marketable name in Calgary, he's not the top player. That's the thing about Calgary. They they don't they have him who is a marketable name mainly just because of his last name, because of his antics. But they're a solid team. Added Blake Coleman in the offseason, he's been okay. But the depth that this team has and the ability that this team has at 5-on-5 five five on both special teams is what is setting them apart right now. If you look at their team stats, they're in the top 10 in a lot of things that matter, okay? We talked about special teams. Their penalty kill is running at 87.5% right now, which is 6th in the NHL. Playing in a division with Connor McDavid and the number one power play for the Edmonton Oilers. That's going to be very important when these two teams start matching up. The Flames penalty kill has been pretty good, and their power play is no slouch either. Now, they're not 45 or whatever percent the Edmonton Oilers are, but the Calgary Flames right now are running at a 24.6% clip on the power play. That's also good for sixth in the NHL. So if you're in the top 10 in both categories when it comes to special teams, you're usually going to be finishing in the top tier of the standings. But right now... Because of that, add on the fact that they have, right now, probably the best goaltender across the entire NHL. They have one of the most premier goal scorers in the NHL. That's why this team is leading the Western Conference. That's why this team is close to being the top team in the entire NHL. Then you look at some of the other stats. Goals per game. 
3.32 goals per game right now. That's good for ninth in the NHL. That's pretty good. You know, when you're only giving up, and especially, you know, Markstrom's only giving up 1.7 goals per game, and you're scoring 3.3, that's usually a pretty good factor to have there. Total goals, 63 this year for the Calgary Flames. That's tied for third in the NHL. When you look at the Calgary Flames, realistically, when you look at the Pacific Division as a whole, you think, okay, the key to winning this division, good defense, a lot of physicality, and just enough scoring. I talked about it when I talked about the Seattle Kraken. That's what they built their team around. You know, they were supposed to have good defense, good goaltending, and just enough scoring. While unfortunately for them, the goaltending has not been good. Philip Grubauer struggling. Chris Drieger also struggling to start the season. It hasn't been good in between the pipes for Seattle. But the Calgary Flames, while they do fit that mold, they're a physical team. I mean, they still employ Milan Lucic for Christ's sake. So they're a physical team. Jacob Markstrom, the goaltender, has been outstanding. They're the number one team in the NHL in goals allowed per game at 1.89. So they check all those boxes. They're physical. They don't give up many goals because of good goaltending and good defense. That's great and all, but they're also very, very dangerous right now with the puck. They're putting the puck in the back of the net a lot. And not just Andrew Mangiapane, who is on a basically, you know, a godly start. He's a demigod right now for the Calgary Flames. Johnny Gaudreau, who started off slow, is up to, I believe, eight goals already. Elias Lindholm is scoring basically at will. Matthew Kachuk has had a pretty good start. This team is finding the back of the net at a much higher clip than we ever expected the Calgary Flames to score. And it's paying dividends for them as well. Is this sustainable for the Calgary Flames? I'll talk on Friday's episode about another team that has got off to a, a better start than expected. And I'll ask that same question. Is this sustainable? The way the Flames are playing? Now, I don't expect Markstrom to continue getting shutouts in 30% of his starts. I don't expect him to keep that goals allowed average under two all season. And that save percentage is probably going to dip between below 935 at some point. You would have to imagine. He's going to have a stretch here. And you have to also imagine at some point, Andrew Mangiapane is going to cool off. But the way this team is structured, the way this team is built, and the way that everybody is playing right now for the Calgary Flames, this is definitely sustainable for them. In my opinion, they're in the weaker of the two conferences. They're in the weaker of the two divisions in those con- in that conference. And they're a team that is built to sustain the type of play that they're playing. Yeah, I think the Calgary Flames are the real deal this year. I do. I think this is a team that is going to be in the playoffs. And I think this is a team that, for the first time in several years, is going to be able to make some noise in the postseason. The one thing they were really missing for the longest time was a goaltender. They went out and paid Markstrom. It didn't work last season, but the entire team didn't work last season. This year, everything's clicking on all cylinders. You have a guy in Mangiapagnani that was basically homegrown. Basically homegrown for them and is paying dividends. You have the marketable stars in Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, even Elias Lindholm, and you have a really, really good defense core. No massive names on that defense core. Mark Giordano was basically 
the big massive name for the Calgary Flames, and he's gone now. So no absolutely massive names on the blue line for the Calgary Flames, but they're getting the job done. They're showing up, getting the job done, and I do think it's sustainable. I think it's going to be between them, Edmonton, and Vegas in the Pacific Division. I like what the Ducks have done. They've had a good start to the season. I would put my money more on the Flames than on the Ducks to continue what they're doing. The Kings aren't as bad this year, okay? The Kraken, eventually they're going to they're gonna get to the mean. They're going to play a little bit better. They're going to get better goaltending. But for the Calgary Flames, they're sitting pretty right now towards the end of November. And I think that's definitely sustainable for them. Like I mentioned, there's going to be some low points. They're going to go through a couple bad stretches. But Jacob Markstrom, even if he regresses a little bit towards the mean from what he's doing, that's still going to be good enough to be top three in Vezina voting, potentially a Vezina Trophy winning goaltender this year. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether that be on the podcast version or on the YouTube version here as this last segment was on YouTube. Thank you for tuning in so much. If you like this video on YouTube, like it. Subscribe to the Hockey Hotbed on YouTube. If you liked the entire podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Download our new episodes so I know you're there. And if you would, please just give me a rating. I'd love it for five stars. And definitely leave a note as to what you think about the Calgary Flames in the comments section. Leave a review. Do you think that the Calgary Flames' current pace is sustainable? I do. So leave a comment on YouTube or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let me know. Do you think the Calgary Flames' current pace is sustainable? And I'll talk about that a little bit next week when we circle back to that. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Ice. Or sorry. Got my, got my podcast mixed up. That's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you guys on Friday.